Hey, how's everybody doing? And welcome back to 125 Unfiltered, Episode 3. Joshua Dolgoff back today to recap what's been going on in the NBA the last couple of days. It's been so exciting. I, and I have been waiting to get you all my draft and uh, recap and analysis and the recent trades and free agency news that has gone down. I did not post any episodes Wednesday or Thursday because of finals season at Chapel Hill. Gotta say, focus school first. Think we've we've gotten through most of it. Again, that's why I was not able to upload on Wednesday and Thursday. But I am here today to give you a nice long thirty-minute episode this time, not twenty. We're gonna go thirty minutes today on the podcast, and I'm so excited to get into this. And we're gonna get started. We're gonna recap the NBA draft. So let's hop straight into it. So the NBA draft was Wednesday at 8 p.m. And I must confess, I made a couple bold takes on Tuesday's episode. The first one was saying LaMelo Ball was going to go number one, and I thought about it afterwards. And I was wrong. Clearly I was wrong, evidently, by Anthony Edwards going number one to Minnesota. But I didn't see the reasons why. I bought onto the LaMelo Ball hype train, saying he was the most talented player, which I believe he is in the draft, but I did not see the fit that he would have been with Towns and Russell. I do think that Anthony Edwards is the better fit after thinking about it for D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. He's getting comparisons to Donovan Mitchell, Dwayne Wade. I think he's got some really good upside. Apparently his shooting needs some work. He didn't shoot that well from three last year at Georgia. I think it was around 29, 30%. But I think they made the right pick at number one, going with Anthony Edwards. I think keeping the pick, that all works out. There were talks about them wanting to trade the pick, potentially. But Anthony Edwards going number one, again, I said it last time, not a surprise. I went out on a limb with LaMelo Ball, but I think they made the right pick. And my first bull take on 125 Unfiltered is a bust. However... I did have another bold take. That was a score. Cole Anthony going number 15 to the Orlando Magic. Just one spot outside the lottery. I said he would go in around, he would drop outside the lottery, but I think he was a huge steal for the Orlando Magic. Obviously at UNC, he put up around 18 a game. Only shot 38% from the field, but we had a lot of injuries. It was a down year for Tar Heel basketball. But I'm so excited to see what he's going to do on the Magic. They desperately need a point guard. They've been looking for a point guard for years. They had Alfred Payton. They tried Markel Fultz last year. Fultz has been has gotten better. I mean, he could only, he only could have gotten better with the woes he had in Philly. But they have a true point guard, a shot maker and shot creator. And I'm so excited for Cole Anthony. Congratulations to him on getting drafted to the Orlando Magic. And I'm going to stick by that bold prediction. He's going to be one of the steals of the draft. And pairing him with Fultz, Aaron Gordon, Vucevic, that could be a, that's a good team. They, they have been stuck in kind of like the 8th seed territory. Oh, I don't want to forget about Jonathan Isaac either. He did tear his ACL in the bubble, but he is a monster. He is a rising star in this league. So I'm very happy for Cole Anthony, the UNC alum. Only played one season, but still, if you're a Tar Heel, you're a Tar Heel. All right, let's get back to the normal draft order. I just want to 
uh, recap my two bold takes because you know that, that that's part of the show. I wanna wanna be bold, wanna speak my mind, and uh, wanted to address those at the start. So with the Warriors at number two, they stick with their pick. They keep James Wiseman again. I think this is another good fit for the Warriors. Very happy for Wiseman as well. Only played three collegiate games. That whole situation at Memphis was messy with the NCAA getting involved. We don't need to get into all of those details. But I think fit-wise, it'll work because Golden State has needed a big man for a long time now. They've always picked up uh, kind of just a rebounding big, but Wiseman has real raw talent, raw athleticism. He can work in the post. He's going to be able to, to develop as a two-way player for the Warriors. He's going to be able to set picks for Clay, not Clay anymore. We'll get into that later. And Steph Curry, I really like the pick for the Warriors. And also, we will get into the Warriors situation a little later. Now we're just going to be sticking with the draft. Pick number three, my hometown, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm a Raptors fan, not a Hornets fan, but still I gotta have a little love for the home city. They pick LaMelo Ball. Michael Jordan gives the thumbs up to LaMelo Ball. And the first thing everyone says is we'll finally get the 1v1 between LaVar Ball and Michael Jordan. But all jokes aside, I like this pick as well for the Hornets. I think they took the best player available. Some could argue that he's the best player in the class, talent-wise. I personally believe so. I think he's box office. He'll draw a lot of attention. He will be ball dominant, which I think is perfect for the Hornets because Devontae Graham was their leader or their uh, their point guard last year. But Lamelo Ball can really pass, and he is he he just draws the attention and can again make all the right passes i think his shooting could use some improvements but he'll learn and develop and this the hornets they were ninth the ninth seed last year but they have some good young players pj washington a really solid rookie season miles bridges is a really strong athlete he could still develop Devontae graham obviously had a nice breakout year last year that was really pleasant to see for hornets fans Still got Terry Rozier, still got Cody Zeller. They did a draft, the center spot later in the draft. They drafted Vernon Carey with the 32nd pick, center out of Duke. I think that'll be a nice pick for them. Very good talent. But I think the Hornets had a really good draft. They finally got lucky in the lottery. I think picking up a talent like Ball, number one, it'll make their team better. And number two, they'll be able to get some media attention. No one talks about the Hornets, unfortunately. It's only because they've had some busts over the time. They couldn't really get on the radar. They, they've only made the playoffs three times in the last 18 or so years. So I think this is a good pick for them. I think Ball will develop. He Again, he has star potential written all over him. Moving on to the Chicago Bulls. This was a surprising pick. Patrick Williams out of Florida State. Six man, averaged about nine points only. Well, this, this was a, a surprise at the start of the mock draft process, but he really started to skyrocket up draft boards. And I don't really know much about Patrick Williams. From what I read, seems like a he could be a good defender. Uh, analysts say that he uh, a good player comparison is OG and Anobi from my Toronto Raptors. So I, again, I don't know much about Patrick Williams, but I think he could work nicely with the Bulls. Now, a player I'm really excited about. Isaac Okoro going to the going to the Cleveland Cavaliers at number five. Okoro is a really really good defender. I've heard 
Seems like he can put the ball in the hole. He'll play the three, Garland and Sexton in the backcourt. They've got three straight top 10 picks in their starting lineup. Hopefully they can improve. They still have Kevin Love and Andre Drummond. Maybe the Cavs can get back up on the rise. I feel like this Eastern Conference can, can be expanded a little bit. It's a bit more wide open with some of these uh, lower tier teams getting better and getting more talent. Speaking of another one of those teams in the Eastern Conference, the Atlanta Hawks pick Onyeka Okongwu reported that he would probably be out the first part of the season with a foot injury, but still really natural talent out of Southern California. Seems like he'll be a really good rim runner and shot blocker for the Atlanta Hawks. Pairing him with Trey Young, that'll be a really nice pick and roll partner. So we've got John Collins there. So I think the Hawks made the right pick. Again, the the draft, this draft was very medium heavy, meaning that, to explain that better, um, picks, about picks like 4 through like 11, those were the golden spots. That's why you heard rumors of Minnesota and Golden State wanting to trade down because that was the best, those were the best value picks. And I think Okung was a great value pick at six. Anthony Edwards or Wiseman might not be the number one pick in next year's. They might not have been the number one pick in next year's draft or the drafts drafts before. There wasn't really one superior talent. So I think Okungwu is again a nice pick for the Hawks. He'll be he's a again young player. He can develop. Pistons go with Killian Hayes at seven. Good point guard out of France. The Knicks. Now, Knicks fans, I know you wanted a guard, but I think this was the right pick. Obi Toppin is showtime. He can, his dunks are electrifying. He's he is 22. I think he's developed nicely as a player at Dayton. He dropped what 20 20 points last year on 70% shooting. He's an exciting player, and if you're the Knicks, you need excitement. Stephen A. Smith was on ESPN talking about how he really wanted Tyrese Halliburton, and I get that. But Obi Toppin is too good to fall to number eight, in my opinion. He could have gone top five. Bulls could have taken him at four, and no one would have been surprised. So I think him dropping eight, they, he fell right into the Knicks' lap. That's exactly who they wanted, reportedly. And I think they made the right choice. Pair him with R.J. Barrett, and let's see how they develop. One of my sleepers from uh, Tuesday's episode, Denny Avdia. Learned how to pronounce his name. Him going to the Wizards, I think that's a really nice pick as well. That's what I was saying. These picks around 8, 9, 10, you can get some good value, and he is a good value player. Pairing with Bradley Beal, it seems like he can, he can do a little of everything. I really like that pick. And then to round out the top 10, Jalen Smith goes to the Suns out of Maryland. A couple other picks. I already talked about the Cole Anthony pick at 15. Tyrese Halliburton went 12 to the Kings. Seems like he'll be replacing Bogdan Bogdanovich which we'll get into him later as well. And Halliburton's shot does look a little funky, but it it goes in. He's got around like a seven-foot wingspan, 6'6", can can handle the ball. I think he'll be really nice for the Kings, especially with supposedly Bogdanovich going out the door and Buddy Heald potentially being on the chopping block. I think that's a nice pick. I, mean, I mentioned Devin Vassell last time. He went to the Spurs at 11. I like that pick. Now, if we go later in the first round, a pick I really like was Tyrese Maxey 
to the Philadelphia 76ers. He's a really talented young player. Only played one year in college, one and done out of Kentucky. I can't remember which game it was, but I, I, he dropped like 37. It might have been Duke. It might have been UNC, honestly. I, I don't fully remember, but he is a baller, and I think he's going to be really good for the Sixers. He'll be a nice spark plug off the bench at the start, and maybe he'll earn a starting spot. But I love that pick. And then my Toronto Raptors, we go out and select Malachi Flynn out of San Diego State University. Saw player comparisons to Fred Van Vliet. Seems like he's, he's around 6'1". He seems like he can really shoot. He'll be a good team defender. Not the most athletic. But I, I like this pick. They could have gone with some big men to fill that role. But I think, I think Malachi Flynn will be a nice guard to have off of the bench. Especially if he adds shooting and scoring. And I have full trust in one of the best GMs in basketball, Masai Ujiri, and GM Bobby Webster. I have full confidence in my Toronto Raptors that that was the right pick. But then I thought, if he's getting compared to Fred Van Vliet, did we pick him to replace him? We'll figure out all that news coming up. Free agency, I believe, starts today, maybe around 4 p.m., not 100% sure. But yeah, the, I, overall, NBA draft, not many, not many trades. There, hold up. There was one trade. At 19, the Pistons traded to get the, ninth, the 19th pick in the draft. The Clippers got Luke Kennard, and the Nets got Landry Shaman in a three-team deal on draft night. That was the one big, really big trade on draft night. But overall, the draft board kind of went as expected. If I had to give you my three favorite picks... I'm going to give you Cole Anthony at 15. I'm going to go with Isaac Okoro at 5 and Obi Toppin at 8. I think, and I'll throw in an honorable mention for Avdia at 9. Those are my four top picks of the night. I really like those guys. And I think they will be some very very good players in the draft. Again, 30-minute episode today. First half was about the NBA draft. And next, we're going to get to some other huge big news in the NBA. What are the Warriors going to do now that Klay Thompson is out yet again? And is the Bogdanovich trade in jeopardy? Stay tuned. I'll be back in a few moments. All right, welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. Second half of this longer episode, 30-minute episode on a Friday morning, almost afternoon. It's around noon right now, Eastern Central, Eastern time. We're going to start with the Golden State Warriors. Unfortunately, Clay Thompson reported on Wednesday goes down with a right, lower right leg injury. And we're all crossing our fingers. As much as we wanted the Warriors to have a downfall because they were too good. Thankfully, my Raptors put them away in six, two years ago, or two seasons ago. But we're praying, please don't be an Achilles injury. And unfortunately, that is what it is for Clay Thompson, potentially a season-ending injury. And I just feel horrible for Clay Thompson. Here's his ACL in Game 6. I was scared to death because he was hitting everything. And my Toronto Raptors were about to go to Game 7. And Clay Thompson... Goes up for that dunk, tears his ACL. 
Goes back, shoots the two free throws like an absolute warrior, no pun intended there. Recovers from the ACL injury, he's been working, everyone's like, hold up, don't crown the Lakers again, don't crown the Bucks or the Nets, the Warriors are coming back. And all those dreams have just been shattered. Because Klay Thompson goes down with an Achilles injury, and again, I feel horrible for him because that's going to be back-to-back years that he has an absolutely devastating injury. And Achilles are hard to come back from. We're going to see how Kevin Durant comes back from that. Kobe Bryant had to do it. But man, absolutely devastating for Klay Thompson and the Golden State Warriors. Prayers up to him. Speedy recovery, hopefully. We all know he's going to be back better, better than ever. One of the best shooters in NBA history. So the Golden State Warriors, what do they do? In reaction to the Clay Thompson injury, they go out and trade for Kelly Oubre, who was just acquired by the Thunder in the Chris Paul trade. The Thunder get a first round pick, a protected first round pick in return. I believe if it's if it's not pick 21 through 30, they'll become two second round picks. But the Warriors get Oubre to fill that void. Steph Curry finally comes back from his injury, or he came back at the uh, before the season shut down. But he'll be 100% healthy. Wiggins, Draymond Green, and now James Wiseman. But just imagine if Clay Thompson didn't get hurt. This team, they, they would be right back in it for, the, to, for a run out of championship. But now they have Oubre to fill that void. Still could be a playoff team. You can never count out Steph Curry. One of the greatest, if not the greatest shooter in NBA history. So that's the Warriors situation there. A developing story which I am super interested in. The Bogdan Bogdanovich trade did not go through. Bogdanovich was not made aware, apparently, that he was going to go to Milwaukee. He might have opposed it. There was some disagreement between the teams somewhere along the process. And as of now, Bogdanovich is not a Milwaukee Buck. And now you've got the league investigating for tampering because the the trade was the trade was made on Monday or the yeah trade was on Monday night but I don't think it was made official it was just reported that I was going that it was going to happen what does this mean for the bucks if they don't get Bogdanovich he he's not as big of a name because he's in Sacramento, they don't get a lot of again. Uh, they don't get a lot of media attention because it's a small market, like Charlotte, as, as I was talking about earlier. But he can really score. He can help you in the clutch. He's hit game winners. Really good shooting motion. You need that if you're Milwaukee. You have to figure this out. I was uh, watching PTI yesterday, and they were saying, if you don't get Bogdanovich. You're screwed to keep Giannis. Because then the front office looks looks silly. How can Giannis and his agent trust the front office to make the best moves for the team? And I fully agree with them. You need to complete this trade because Bogdanovich, I think, is a perfect fit for Giannis. So we'll see how that story develops. Tamp- again, tampering is into play now. They need to try to find a way to figure out the deal first. But yeah. Those are some two pretty big storylines in the last few days. Here's another one. 
that really interested me. Gordon Hayward opts out of his contract. He had a player option for $34 million. I don't know how guarantees work with NBA contracts. I'm not really big on the contracts. Maybe that's something I get into a little bit more as this podcast goes on. That's a lot of money. $34 million and you opt out? I love Gordon Hayward as a player. I think he's really good, but he has been really injury prone ever since that nasty ankle injury, his first game as a Celtic. And I feel bad for him because that injury kind of derailed his Celtic career because they were really excited about getting him. They got him from Utah. He was really solid in Utah and he just hasn't necessarily been that same player because of the, these, these injuries. And I don't know how much money Hayward is expecting to get, but there's no way it's $34 million a year. That's close to the max. So then I, I look in to see who is targeting Gordon Hayward. Two teams that I saw were, hev- were very interested in Gordon Hayward. You got the New York Knicks. You've got the Atlanta Hawks. I think both of these teams are good fits for Gordon Hayward. In my opinion... I say you go to Atlanta over the Knicks because they're still the Knicks. You know, I know it's New York, but, you know, the, the team's been, I don't want to say corrupt, but not not many people are fans of James Dolan. And also, you want to go play with Trey Young, John Collins. Gordon Hay would be a really nice fit there. He could try to revive his career in Atlanta. Not that it's gone necessarily, but the injuries have derailed it a little bit. So Gordon Hayward has some big decisions. Maybe Boston tries to re-sign him. Again, I don't know why you opt out of this contract unless you're unless you're looking for something else. Maybe he wants out of Boston. But we'll see how that develops. I again, I believe free agency is later today and Monday I'll hit you I'll get you with all of the uh the free agency news cuz now he's a free agent. A side note from, a, uh, I think, around a week ago, DeMar DeRozan. I'm a big DeMar DeRozan fan. One of the best Raptors of all time. He opted into his contract with the San Antonio Spurs after rumors that he was getting traded to L.A. So that's interesting. Maybe they still trade him. The Spurs are kind of rebuilding right now. He's on his last year of his contract. That'll be, something, that'll be an interesting team to follow. Keep your eyes on the San Antonio Spurs. And... I, I know I'm a Raptors fan, and I know I'm not a big Sixers fan, but Daryl Moore, Daryl Morey has done a good job so far for the 76ers. First off, you trade Al Horford to the Thunder, get offload his salary. Also, I mean, I was saying this at the time, and I just have to say it now. They 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 straight up signed Al Horford to not be on the Boston Celtics. They did not need Al Horford, nor did they really want him, clearly, because he was not even close to a good fit. They just had to get him out of Boston because he was too busy stopping Joel Embiid in the playoffs. I think we all can come to that realization. So they get off of his big contract. Again, they offered him $109 million, which was way too much. But Maury corrects that mistake. You get Danny Green back. In that trade, I believe you give up a first and a second to get rid of Horford. And you draft Tyrell Maxey. And I think a trade that is really underrated that they made 
you trade Josh Richardson and, uh, and a second-round pick, I think. I don't know which way the second-round pick went, but you trade Josh Richardson, you get Seth Curry from Dallas. I really like this trade. If you're the sixth, you get a shooter to surround Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid because Josh Richardson isn't necessarily like a three-point like shooter. Seth Curry is a three-point shooter. He was really good in Dallas. And speaking of Dallas, why would they make this deal? This this didn't really make a lot of sense to me. Because, I mean, you know, Luka can... That's a really good three-point shooter that Luka had around him with with uh, Finney Smith and Hardaway. Why would you get rid of Seth Curry? And I really like Josh Richardson as a player. I think he's awesome. But I don't know. Maybe are they looking for more defense? If they're looking for more defense, then Richardson obviously is the guy you want. But I just think Seth Curry right now with how he's been playing, I think he's a really valuable piece. So that's an interesting move by Dallas. If they did want to upgrade their defense, because they had the number one ranked offense, or close to that, with Luka and Porzingis, then, then, then they did make the right try. But off of sur- offensively surrounding Luka with the guys he needs, I think they should have kept Steph, or not Steph, they should have kept Seth Curry. So now the Sixers get Seth Curry with Ben Simmons, you got Danny Green in the, deal, in the deal with Al Horford. You also got Terrence Ferguson. So have Joel Embiid. Tobias Harris, we can't forget about him. You got Doc Rivers as the coach now. And it seems like they're going to give this one more shot with their two superstars until they blow it up. You're going to get Doc Rivers in there. Brett Brown, he should have been gone a while ago. But you finally get rid of him. Again, you bring in Doc Rivers. Let's see if he can figure this thing out. And with all the teams that I've talked about on this episode, this Eastern Conference, in my opinion, is wide open. Even with Brooklyn. You got KD, Kyrie. They're not, I, in my opinion, I don't think they're definite winners. Depending on what they do with the, with the, with the trade deadline, they're definitely the favorites. Because you've got Kevin Durant. You've got the Bucks. They got Drew Holiday. As of now, the Raptors are standing put. They're always going to be competitive. you still got Boston. still got Indiana. Now you've got the Sixers getting better. You've got teams like the Hawks improving their talent. You've got the Magic getting an upgrade at the point guard position with Cole Anthony. I know that the Eastern Conference is kind of notoriously less competitive or worse than the Western Conference. But this is going to be interesting. And how could I forget about the Miami Heat? There are a lot of good teams in this Eastern Conference, and it's getting a lot better. We've got a few minutes left. I might, I'll go over some NFL games. I'll go over the Cardinals game and maybe give a couple score predictions for this weekend. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. We're going to go over... The Cardinals and Seahawks game last night and some score predictions for this upcoming weekend for the NFL. First off, I did not watch much of the game last night. Saw some highlights. I saw those two big sacks by Carlos Dunlap, the new addition to the Seahawks. And I think if the Seahawks, first off, Russell Wilson is going to do him. He's going to get his own. He's going to get his numbers. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But if their defense 
can hold Arizona to 21 points, that's a really good sign because this defense has kind of struggled. And I would not put it past these two teams to see each other a third time. Two very good teams. Again, the, I think they'll see each other again sometime in the playoffs. But now we've got week 11 in the NFL. My New York Giants are on a bye week. So I don't, I, I don't need to talk about them right now. We are on a two-game win streak. Not often does that happen for the New York Giants. Eagles, they're playing the Cleveland Browns. If they lose, they'll be 3-6-1. and one. They'll only be a half game ahead of my New York football Giants. Maybe we'll make the playoffs. And I'm picking the Browns. They're at home. They're 6-3. and three. They're going to keep running the football. Picking the Browns there. Chiefs and the Raiders are playing again. They're playing on Sunday night. Raiders got the best of the Chiefs last time. But I think the Chiefs will bounce back here. Pick up a win. They'll move to 9-1. Patrick Mahomes throwing to Travis Kelsey. Tyreek Hill. They just have so many weapons. And the Rams and the Bucks play on Monday night. I can give a nice preview to that game on Monday's episode. But that'll be a really nice NFC matchup. See if the Bucks can keep the ball rolling after they beat the Panthers. But the week before they got steamrolled by the by the by the Saints. Yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. I just want to get a little NFL in there. Uh, a lot of the news recently has been with the NBA, and I really wanted to talk about the draft and this other news going on, and the big news with Clay Thompson and the Bucks trade kind of falling apart. And obviously, NBA free agency, there's nothing like it. Adrian Wojnarowski has been all over Twitter. He's been doing a phenomenal job. <laughs> you see him... Pick, uh, picking up a phone call in the middle of TV just just because he can. So him and Shams, they, they do great jobs. I mean, they might as well have hosted the draft because they got the picks before Adam Silver did. Now I'll get back on topic. Thank you for listening to 125 Unfiltered today. And for the first week of the podcast, we did get three episodes up this week. Again, had to miss a couple upload days because of finals, but... We'll do consistent Monday through Friday. 20-minute episodes. Want to get a 30-minute one in today. But yeah, you'll hear from me again on Monday. And have a nice day or have a nice night.